Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. It is a great day to be in the house of the Lord, and I am so glad that you've joined us today. It is going to be so special, and I know I'm the precursor. I want to share the word of the Lord with you today, but uh, it is going to be a great time with our young people as they minister to us. Here at the house, we believe that just because they're young doesn't mean that their giftings and talents can't also point us to the Lord and strengthen our faith, and so I do want you to prepare your heart and know that this is worship. So when they come to sing, we're worshiping with them and we're allowing the Lord to speak to our hearts. Uh, Specifically, Christmas programs are so near and dear to my heart because my kids have all, my four kids have all been able to participate in Christmas programs along the journey of their life. And two of them gave their life to Jesus during program ministries. And this is one of the things that I believe that as a parent, if you have a parent in of a kid in the program, they're starting to ask questions. They're starting to learn about why Jesus came and what, he, what his purpose was. And so this is a great time to start really talking about the real meaning of Christmas. And so I am praying for your kids that they would receive Jesus during this time as well. We are in our second part of our Christmas series called Prepare Him Room. And I want to jump right into this. Isaiah 9 6. This is a familiar scripture to some because this is a, a big moment in the Old Testament that prophesied Jesus' arrival. It says, For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. See, Jesus' arrival was so important because he was going to come bring what they really needed in that day and age in Isaiah. In that day and age when he came in Bethlehem in Matthew and in Luke, the story we read. And right now today, one of the things that every single one of us can agree to say we need is peace. And he is the only one that is called the Prince of Peace. And I believe today is an opportunity for us to prepare him room and allow his peace to come into our life. Because his peace will change everything. It'll change your life. It'll change your Christmas. It'll change your family. It will change everything. It does not always change the circumstances. But when we prepare him room, we align our lives with his will and his word. And there is supernatural peace. I love decorating for Christmas. Anybody in here like Christmas? Some like it more than others, I get that, but we love to do the whole thing, the lights outside, the Christmas tree, etc., and so uh, my kids are a great help to me when we come to do the tree, but I get a little eye roll most years because I have a system. Okay, the system for the tree is that the ribbon goes on first, then the big ornaments, then the ornaments with the messages, then the candy canes, then the nutcrackers. Like there is a system so that the tree is as balanced as possible. Now, in that system, it never goes to as smoothly as I usually would hope. 
It never looks as perfectly as I dreamt in my head or if I would have done it by myself. So (laughs) when we start, there's so much excitement. The music is playing. The hot chocolate is on. We're all having a family moment and the cheer is high. And the cheer slowly declines because inevitably there is some lights that are dead. There are ornaments that break. There, you know, is something we can't find. This year was the Christmas stand, Christmas tree stand. And so here we are having a great time that turns slowly into a problem to be fixed. And so here we go. We have a 10-foot tree. We're finally going to finish. We get to the garage and the ladder is at the church. So we're like, of course it is. So we get the three-step ladder to put the, you know, the star on the tree because it's a tall tree. And my husband thinks, well, let's put the bar stool on top of it. And so now it becomes a huge health hazard to put the star on top of the tree. And we grab the star and it's broken. It has a clip on it. It clips. It's broken. No worries. I have a backup. And so the next backup has a stand. So he proceeds to put it on the tree and the top limb goes like this. It will not hold. It's lost all of its strength. The star is a droopy star. So now we go days without a star on our tree. And if you know my husband, he gets real passionate all of a sudden. So we're sitting around the couch, like the living room, and all of a sudden he's like, we're going to finish the tree. And it's like one hour before the store is closed. And so I know it's not anything like the wise men. The stores have been cleared out. There is no star left. Okay, so I already know how this is going to turn out. But we take a couple of our kids, we jump in the truck, and we go on this search. And, of course, we go from store to store and not find a star that will go on the tree. And so in the problem-solving mode, I'm like, you know what? Maybe we could put a bow instead. So my daughter, whom is a get-it-done girl, she's like, my mother has given me the authority to change the topper, and I'm going to go find a bow. And so she goes, gets the biggest bow she finds that looks exactly like what a cheerleader wears. And she says, this is it. I have found it. And so we buy it. We get home. We put it on top of the tree. It looks great. And she says, look, it's the preppy tree. And so I'm like, you know what? It's good enough. We're done. And so my younger son comes, and he's the kind of guy who he wants it right. So he comes in. He does not know what we have done that night. And so he comes and he says, What have y'all done? <laughs> and so I was like, What are you talking about? He's like, No, 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 no. This is all wrong. There is no bow in the Christmas story. And I was like, okay, I hear you. That's true. But let's just say that it represents that Jesus is the best gift of all. And he says, I'll back up because the lightning bolt may come. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know if that's what's going to happen. But I promise you this next year I will look for the proper star for our tree so it can return to biblical order for his sake and all of ours. And so, you know, it sounds funny, but what this story just reminds us of is I have a system, my daughter has a way, my son has a way, and everyone in this room has a way. We all have a system or a plan, even those who are a little more laid back, that's your plan. That's the way you like it. So as soon as it gets less laid back, you feel like your plan has been ruined. And so I want to talk a little bit about 
when our plans get interrupted, delayed, ruined, or changed. There's frustration. And oftentimes that frustration is actually a person. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And here we go into the Christmas season or we go into our life and there is frustration that we have to navigate. You know, when I read the Christmas story, which I want to encourage you to during this season, it challenges me to see how God had a plan. And man had a different plan of what that was going to look like. And, you know, if anything, it had been foretold. It had been prophesied. It had been confirmed. You're talking about 300 prophecies about Jesus' birth and life, death, and resurrection. But we also have to remember during this time, there had been 400 years of silence. That means there had been no prophet. There had been no move of God for 400 years from Malachi to Matthew. And so they had an idea of what it was going to look like when the prophecies were fulfilled. And I promise you, it didn't look like that. But God did everything he said he was going to do. And I believe today that God is going to do everything he said he was going to do. But oftentimes, the frustration between us waiting for that miracle to come into fruition is what the picture looks like at the end. Because our plans have to be disrupted. But I want you to know that when we surrender our plans to the Lord and allow him to disrupt our lives, it's in the best ways possible. That he can turn anything that the enemy meant for our destruction around for his glory and our good. And so I just want to remind those in this room that you're saying, you know what? All I need is a little bit of peace. All I want is a little bit of peace. Think about all the times that they probably said when Jesus came, this was not in our plan. He was not in our plan. I've often been guilty of that phrase just in life. This was not according to the plan. You know what? God says his plan is better. His plan is better. Proverbs 19, 21. It says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Today, my assignment is allow the disruption. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about that word. To allow means to say yes. To disallow means to say no. I had a mentor recently tell me, Katie, to say yes to something, you have to say no to something. We do it, and it happens regardless of whether we're conscious or not. It sounds so simple, but actually it helps a lot in decision-making. And today I believe that he's calling us to say no to some things so we can say yes to him. And so there are two things to say no to so you can say yes to Jesus today. The first one is to say no to doubt. Okay, I just want to talk a little bit about Mary and how she responded to the angel when he called her. And he said, here's the plan. Guess what? It wasn't like Mary didn't have a plan. She actually had a great plan that made sense. She had a plan that other people agreed upon and said, this is a good plan for you. But the angel visited and changed her plan. And then Mary allowed the disruption. She welcomed peace. She welcomed the Prince of Peace. And so I want to look at Luke 1, 30 through 38. And this tells the story 
of when the angel visited Mary. It says, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Somebody tell your neighbor, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will it be impossible. Everybody say nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Here in this story, this is amazing opportunity for Mary to get excited you know, teenagers and young people in that day didn't have Instagram and Netflix. Their pastime was listening to the stories of the Old Testament, listening to prophecies, listening to great leaders and prophets who came and were used by God to be messengers to the people, to be leaders for the people. So Mary was very aware of how exciting it was to be chosen. But then I have to believe she had attention because she was also very aware of what the angel said was going to happen. She knew that this could cause Joseph to divorce her. In this day and time, when you were engaged, there was a legal divorce if you broke it up. So she knew that divorce may come on the other side of her saying yes. She knew that basically the law would have said it was okay to stone her. She knew that there would be people who would look at her and say, now God told you what? (laughs) God told you that you, a virgin, are going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She knew that there would be people who thought she was crazy. And she did ask God a question. I want you to know that doubt is not always evil. But it's where we direct our doubt that matters the most. See, when we ask a question and we, we do it, Right, we're seeking for confirmation. But what the enemy wants us to do is to seek answers in all the wrong places so that we will have disbelief. Because he knows if he can plant that seed of disbelief, that he can ruin our lives. But yet when we respond to say, I'm going to run to God with my questions instead of run away from him, then I'm going to find answers. I'm going to, because my heart is to believe. My heart is not to disbelief, but my questions go to him. We can learn a lot from the people in the Christmas story. These were real people handling real problems, navigating real frustrations. See, Mary surrendered her own ability. See, the initial plan she had, she could do on her own. She could be a typical Jewish girl that got married had children, and supported her husband. But in this moment when the angel said, God has called you to be the mother of the son of God, and this is the new plan for your life, she was like, I can't do this. How could this be? So basically, if you're in a situation in your life and you're saying, how could this be? 
how can I go through this life alone? How can I face this hurdle? How can I raise this child? How can I pay this bill? Can I just tell you that you can't? But the Holy Spirit, just like he came upon Mary, can come in your situation and he can move mightily in your life just like he did when he overshadowed Mary, put a baby in her virgin womb and saved the world. You do not have to be gripped with confusion. You do not have to be overwhelmed and full of unbelief. Allow the disruption. He wants to remind you today that nothing is impossible with him. And if Jesus says it, he will do it. The second thing that I want to talk about today is we have to say no to perfection. Any people who like design knows that there's a rule called the rule of threes. And that rule means that things that are odd numbered brings visual interest. But for some of us who like things in a certain way, you've come in the last few weeks and seen the five stars and the three stars and said, what's the problem? Why don't we have the same number on both sides? Okay, so we've said this last year and this year, and it was like a surprise this year when we saw them. We're like, why are they not the same? But there's visual interest. And if you think about it, stars in the sky have a random-looking order, so it's more realistic. But, you know, talking about the Christmas story and saying no to perfection, we see that Joseph had to say no to perfection. He had a plan for his life, too. It was a perfect Jewish man's plan. He was going to marry Mary. I know that's a trick on words. Uh, Okay, so he was going to build his business. He was going to build a home. He was going to begin to have children. And he was going to begin to fulfill a typical man's life in that day and age. And yet... He allowed the disruption. God came in and changed his whole plans, what he thought, what he wanted. We're all different than what God asked him to do. See, the timing and tension of Mary getting pregnant was culturally imperfect. Mary and Joseph, you and I will all have seasons where we have to say no to perfection and say yes to God's plan. This isn't because we don't want to have an excellent spirit. This is because we want to give our need for control to the Lord who has done it all. And he can lead our lives in such a way that is so much better than we ever could. Because he is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is is the everlasting father. And he is the prince of peace. Yes. I do want to jump into Matthew where Joseph hears this from the angel. It says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So he had a desire to do things right. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Tell your neighbor, do not fear. To take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. And so we see his response to the disruption of his plans was obedience. He went and obeyed right away. Can I just speak specifically to us that may be in a season of scary? Maybe we just went through it. Maybe we're in it right now, or maybe we're about to go in it. And it feels like sometimes those seasons either move too slow or too fast. You're either saying, why not now? Or why now? And so this is the time where we want to allow him to navigate the disruption. If your circumstances are not perfect, this is when we remember that Paul said in Philippians 1.6, that I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He has orchestrated your steps He has not brought you this far to leave you. Through the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns, his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And I do specifically want to take this moment to talk about the Christmas season as well as our lives. Many times Christmas, there's no way we can navigate or or be certain of the plan, but oftentimes we have expectations of what we want it to look like how we want it to go. And I, for one, just this week was going shopping. I don't know if you have a family or a big family or a small family, but any type of family with people involved, it's very difficult to get a picture. (laughs) And so I have a hope because my son's going to college next year to get a few more family pictures than usual. So I start planning outfits for Christmas Eve because we're going to all get dressed up for the service and get a good family picture. So I have everybody's outfits fit, like organized, and of course there's one that I just can't get right. So I go to like, I'm at the fifth shop one night late before they're like closing, and I'm like, I begin to get frustrated because I can't find the shirt I want. And so I remember thinking, I wish I wasn't preaching this sermon this week. Like, this is not the way I wanted it to happen, and I'm very frustrated. And now I have to navigate this frustration in a real way. And then I thought, you know what? This is crazy because as frustrated as I am right now, this year, because I can't find a shirt for our family picture, last year I was navigating Christmas Eve Eve, finding out that my dad passed. And I had to change all the plans We had to plan a funeral instead of Christmas. We had to change family arrangements and get tickets to Colorado. And there was just a lot of upsetting and uncontrollable circumstances. Emotions were high and they were raw. And there were lots of questions. But yet what I can tell you is, is that from this Christmas to last Christmas, he's still able to get us through And I want him to allow, I want to allow his plan to disrupt my plan. And I know that I can trust him because I can see that Mary trusted him and God did what he said he was going to do. I can see how Joseph trusted him and God did what he said he was going to do. And ultimately, when I surrender that control that's behind that perfection, and really, honestly, there's a little bit of control behind that doubt, (laughs) 
when I surrender that and say, Lord, the first time I said you were the Lord of my life, and the hundredth time later, you can disrupt my plan because your plan is better. What response will yours be this year? What's your response to imperfection? What's your response to doubt? What's your response? Because I believe there is also someone in this room that, you know what, God has been waiting your whole life for this moment. He's been drawing you, and you said, I'm the one with lots of doubts, and I'm the one that wants to have life perfect, and I've been trying to do it all on my own. And today is your opportunity to be able to say, it hasn't worked. And I'm going to give my plan up to God, and I'm going to allow him to be the Lord of my life. But for all of us who have already made that decision, I want to take this moment, and I just want you to close your eyes. We're just going to pray right now. And I want you, between you and God, we're going to say, Lord, we welcome your peace in my life, in my family, in my situation. God, we welcome you this Christmas. Amidst all the stress, amidst all the emotions and the feelings and the busyness and the materialism and the sadness, we welcome you, Lord. Come in and minister to our weary souls and put our souls at rest in you. We say no to doubt. We say no to perfection. And we say yes to you. On December 17th, 2023, we say yes. We're allowing the disruption. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the House website. We hope you have a great week.